This is another episode of Multiple Streams by Any Means, where my goal is to show our people different ways that we can be making money while also putting a spotlight on content creators, entrepreneurs, and business professionals. I'm your host, Bam, and today, man, I got a special guest, my boy, my brother. Um, he's the shoe solutionist. He's the pallet flipping, eBay selling, reselling goat, man. I got my brother, D. Mathis, a.k.a. Shoe Solutions, man. What's up with you, my brother? What's going on, family? Ain't nothing, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Okay, doing okay, great, cool, man. man. Um, so yeah, man. You know the goal of this podcast, man, to get your story and and we gonna drop some gems too, man. How you feel about okay, that? Okay, I like doing that. Okay, all right. So for stars, brother, uh, where you from, man? Uh, I'm right here from Atlanta. I've been here since '91. So, okay, you know what I'm, saying? I'm originally from South Georgia. Okay, yep. Grew up super country, super pigs country. and chickens. You feel me? Till I was 11 years old. Okay, and I moved to Atlanta. And um, I've been rocking, you know what I'm saying, ever since. So you, okay, so you've been here since 11. So when you say country, like half the block, all y'all was family? No, like where I stayed at, we had 200 acres, right? So, oh, shit. Uh, it was really, you know, my family, the adults, and I'm the only kid, you feel me, in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And we had plenty of animals, you feel me? Like, you know what I'm saying? I wake up five, six o'clock in the morning, the pigs ain't got out. That's me at eight, nine years old. You feel <laughs> me? So um, I grew up l- learning what the value of a dollar was, you know, picking pecans and butter beans, stuff like that. Okay. You know, so weighing your stuff up so you can get your dollars up as a kid, going to church yeah. almost every Sunday. That's how I grew up until I got up here to Atlanta and I had to learn the city life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had to damn... Um, Change up how I move, because they move different here than yeah. how you do in the country, but see, it is what it is. You said you went to church every Sunday. You was in the choir? Nah, I wasn't in the choir. <laughs> All right, cool. No. All right, so y'all had pigs. What other type of animals y'all had? Uh, Sometimes we had uh, we had goat for a little while. We had um, peacocks. That was kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? Because they'll pop out. You know, they open up their um, wings or whatever. Uh-huh. They fan out. That shit was kind of cool watching that as a kid. We had geese. I know that I remember that because one day I um threw a rock just throwing a long time and uh, caught him right in the neck. Boom. He was down. <laughs> I was just, you know, playing around because it wasn't nothing to do. You yeah. feel me? You go in the house, they'd be like, well, you might well stay in the house. So I'll be outside, messing around, trying to find something to do. But uh uh-huh. it was cool. Especially when I go back and look at it. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Some of the um the character that mm. I picked up. Yeah. So like with all these animals, like, so now nah, I'm just thinking, so with all these animals, geese and pecans and all that type of stuff, were y'all using these animals as livestock to like make money or they were just living? Like, Oh, everything was really about the money. So or you would come back and eat it. Either oh, okay. One. So with the peacock, y'all was eating them or getting the eggs? Well, the peacock, I think, was just there. I don't even know how okay. they made money off the peacock. Okay. Yeah, but, I was going to uh, say what you're doing. <laughs> okay. Well, for the most part, like y'all either... Eating, eating the animals, selling the animals, getting eggs, or using the animals for different different stuff. Right. So, for example, um, with the chickens, um, I definitely remember as a little kid making them get out the way so I can get the eggs. And it'd be <laughs> shit everywhere. So, you know, we'd have barns <laughs> and, uh, I guess, not stables, but like storages. So, yeah. you would have tractors then broke down, cars in the backyard, trucks then broke down, all kind of stuff in the backyard, right? <laughs> Yeah. And um, then you have land, so you have corn here and watermelon way in the back, you know, things like that. So mm-hmm. um, I didn't know all of the financial stuff. I didn't know how the, the system was working. I'm just a kid, you know, so I'm looking at yeah, it from a six-year-old, eight-year-old 
view. Yeah. And um, that's why I'm changing the dynamics now when I go to the country and I talk to my family, how, you know, they could have broke it down better. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing with my so children. Just so you can understand, yeah. like, like I feel like you put people on game at an early age, they, they got their mind. Like for me, I was always hustling as a kid. Like, and as I got older, I understand how valuable of a skill I was learning. Like people, people that get grown never had to sell anything before. Mm -hmm. um, never had to make money, or the only way they know how to make money is by someone giving it to them, whether it's through employment or just their parents, whatever, man. So me pick that was like an adult skill that I had. Thinking even just thinking about money. I used to think about money all the time, man. But um, I know you said something about watermelons. Like, so I had a um uncle. He, we so my, most of my family we from like Montgomery, Alabama. So one of my uncles, one of my favorite uncles, man, he said his job was like when they they used to go to the country. Him and my mom and everybody, they went to the country every summer, you okay. know, just for fun. And you know they'll work too. Uncle say he'll him and my other uncles would pick watermelons all day. Said mm -hmm. mama had come out there with her hand out. Let me get some money. She said they said no. She telling uh she telling dad and they all getting whippings. <laughs> I asked my mom, she denied it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> All right, funny. so look, the 200 acres, who owned it? Like, just your family owned it? It was split up? Like That was just um my grandma and my granddad. Mm. Right? And, oh, jeez. Uh, my granddad brother owned property right next to that, and he owned another, you know, 100, 200 acres. Damn. Sheesh. Um, that's and, what's up. But to say, my my grandma, my granddad, they had both had sisters and brothers, so they had land. The sisters and brothers had property, you know, five miles, 10, 20 miles close by too. So I would visit there here, you know, um, throughout the years. So like one property might have cows on it, or one property was just like a big junkyard. You know what I'm saying? You might have livestock on it too. So it was just normal. Okay, out of everybody who who uh with this land, who had the moonshine? Nobody. Okay. Just asking, man. Yeah. Didn't nobody really drink like that when I was coming up. Oh, okay. For the most part, I didn't see it that much as a kid. Okay. Um. So what made you, um, you and your family, what made y'all, well, as a matter of fact, what part of Georgia was that, man, with all these acres and stuff? Like, what part of Georgia was that? Oh, okay. That's down there by Florida. It's on Albany. Albany? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what's up. So you from yeah, Albany? Right. Well, I think we talked about that before because you said you went to Albany State. I went to Albany State. State. Yeah, yeah. I was in the so country you, part. So you from Albany? Yeah. Oh, shit. I remember talking about Albany State. I, I knew it was South Georgia, but I didn't know it was specifically Albany. Right, right. Okay. I, I see you. why y'all, yeah. I was going to ask why y'all left, but I know why y'all left Albany. <laughs> Albany, boy. Yeah, yeah man. I'm from Shout the out Albany State. Yeah, man. Yeah, for real. Doherty um, County. Doherty County. Now, this was up, man. So. Yeah, so what made y'all move, man, from all this acres and all this family, all the pigs and peacocks and uh well it was an easy story, you know. Somehow my um my mom met a guy, I think, from the Atlanta area. Oh, I think okay. he was really from like College Park or something like that. Southside and, uh, where I'm from. And we quite charming, so I they met up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Before I knew it, they was getting, you know, getting married soon. So we moved to Atlanta. Like I said, I think I had um just came out of elementary. So transition from fifth grade to sixth grade, I moved right into Union City. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He talking all my sides of town, man. I'm, yeah. We probably bumped into each other a million times, bro, because <laughs> I'm from like College Park, but it's like a mile from Union City and all that type of stuff. So uh, what, you went to Creekside High School? No, um, I, it felt like we was on there a few months. Before I knew it, I was in Riverdale. Oh, okay. And I went to school at Riverdale Middle, and then I went to Riverdale High. Okay. 
Yeah, Riverdale. So I went from Union City to Riverdale. And um, still South South. Yeah, it's still South South. It's just the Clayton County yeah. part of it. For real. Okay, how you like River Riverdale coming up? Uh, it was cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was cooler than Jonesboro because I was on the line. Like when I go back and look at it on the map now, yeah, I yeah. could have been easily went to Jonesboro High School. Yeah. So they to me like they was a little bit more square. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Then Riverdale, and then Riverdale was a little more square than like North Clayton or people that was really from Atlanta. Yeah, North Clayton. Um, yeah, I you know North Clayton. They used to fight every day. North yeah. Clayton. I went to McNair, man. It's in it's in College Park, and I I was supposed to go to Banneker, but I went to school on the North Side called Riverwood. Riverwood. Okay. <laughs> that was you talk about square. That's a square yeah. to square. Like yeah. it was like one of them programs where they'd take the black kids from the hood and put them in a more of a mixed school or whatever. Nah, that's what's up, man. So, um, and as far as uh, Riverdale, man, I know Clayton, Clayton County hot, man. Clayco hot. <laughs> Garden Walk, they got those roadblocks every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I stayed on Garden Walk twice. Yeah, oh, for real? Yeah, oh, two yeah. different apartments. Yeah, yeah, they used to have roadblocks like every Friday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. Um, so, yeah, man, so outside of just like being a cool country kid, man, with all the pigs, like, what type of uh, dude was you growing up? You were an athlete, you was hustling already, you was uh, <laughs> a scholar. Um, I was a loner in a sense, so I was like cool. I was kind of cool with everybody on a, on, a, on a certain level. Like yeah, I yeah. knew people. But you ain't gonna be around them every day. They ain't gonna Nah, cause you. I didn't quite fit in with none of them. You yeah. feel me? Like I was like, I, okay, I like the smart kid. They kind of cool. Like I like that you smart, they cool. Then mm -hmm. the athletes, I you know, I kick it with the athletes. You know what I'm saying? But I was always like my own like uh yeah. star in my mind, right? Even though I might yeah. not fit in or or didn't know as many people as I got older, but I was still like on my own my own level. Like so I'll give you a perfect example. Even though I used to uh run behind the females, I would never mess with nobody in my school because I could never make you feel like you on my level. We can't be walking around like chopping it up, holding hands, something like that. That I was like, nah, that ain't gonna work. You know what I'm saying? So that was like my thing when I was in uh school. Um, did a little this, little that, but for the most of it, I was like chasing the girls around. It's kind of like me, bro, because um, I don't feel like like somebody to know me from like school. I don't feel like they can put me in a clique or be like he used to hang with so and so. Like I'll be the same way. Like the people, it's always easy to get cool with the athletes. They always cool. The street dudes be cool, but I couldn't really fuck with you too much if I'm trying to do my homework and you trying to skip school. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And um, nerds, you might have like one nerd homeboy, the one that's funny, you know what I mean? But for the most part, um, yeah, I kind of like just stayed to myself, but I fuck with everybody, you know what I'm saying? As far mm -hmm. as ladies, kind of same with ladies too. Like, um, I talked to a, to a girl that go to school with me, but like when I went to high school, bro, it was mm -hmm. like, it wasn't that many, it wasn't that many women that I wanted to talk to that my homeboys and I already fucking with, you know, <laughs> where either they hit or they going with them or what have you. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I don't mind talking, but what I'm saying is when you see people every day or they see you every day, it be it's a little too much going on. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and like the school I went to, I lived so far away, I wasn't really hanging with nobody from the school. You know, I ain't stay for no basketball games, no football games. Right. But um, but in between just me hanging out, yeah, you see people everywhere when you hit the mall, you know what I'm saying? Or by the time I'm in high school, the people from the South Side, they it was it was easier it's better because now i'm fresh i don't go to school no more it's like i ain't seen you in a long time it's like you know they miss you or whatever so i mean 
I ain't really talked to too many women I went to high school with, you know what I mean? Um, I would, but it wasn't like that serious because it was a small black population. Okay. You know what I mean? So it ain't that many options for both men and women as far. Like I could have, and it wasn't that easy to talk to someone of a different race. It wasn't like we was relating like that because we had all the flags. In high school, we had all the flags. Like it wasn't just white and black. It was everything in between, Mexican, Spanish, okay. Asian, all that type of stuff. So like, man, um, so tell me about your hustling, man, as a kid. Was you hustling as a kid or that came later on as an adult? Uh, that came more as an adult. You know, as okay. a, like I said, as a kid, I don't know what age group, but um, I really wasn't on hustle until I was probably uh, early 20s. Mm. You know, as far as hustling. Now, I was in the sales coming out of high school, right? I started getting jobs and um, sales. Um, management, stuff like that, you know, 19, 20, 21. What type of sales? Um, I did everything under the sun. You know, I think some of the cool stuff I did, I didn't realize I was so advanced at that age, but I picked something up from Derek Grace, and he called it mm. infiltrate, educate, vacate. So I would work a job just for a couple of weeks, a couple of days to learn a system, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, I worked at a company called Rentway, which is like rental center. I was just curious to know, like, how y'all making money? Y'all just rent for $37 a week or something. You pick up the furniture, drop it off. So I did that to check it out, see if I liked it. Um, I did marketing. I did. No, my bad. How did they make their money? Like, they renting everything out for so cheap. Like, was it they rented so many things? Was it, like? Well, um, from what I can see, people would get used to making that payment every week. Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. So they overpaying for the furniture. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, no, that's smart. That, that makes sense. Especially man. when it's a necessity, like a washer and dryer. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's how a lot of resellers like to... So as far as resellers go, because we're going to talk about that as far as, you know, eventually. But um, I got a buddy of mine named Shark. Yeah. And um, I was asking them, like, how they were able to sell certain items at a certain price. And why was people paying y'all instead of going to Best Buy? Basically, okay. those credit, like, he um he had a lot of companies to where you could put down a little bit and the company would give you 100% of whatever dollar that you charge the customer for. Okay. But on the back end, if they didn't make all the payments within 30 or 90 days, depending on the creditor, um, it would be extra charges and things of that okay. nature. Yeah, but my bad. You said you worked for some marketing companies? Yeah. Um. Also, oh, this is a good one right here. Have you ever seen... I'm sure you have. When you're out somewhere in public and then somebody pull up on you with a box and they got a little stuff of $5, 10 $20, like, hey, yeah, check yeah. it out right I quick. I was one of them type of guys. Right. So I did that for one day okay. just to see what it was like. And um, I think I got it off like an ad in a magazine or a <laughs> newspaper or something. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. we hiring sales positions. Some, on some, the some, spot. They hire on you the, on the spot. Right. Come in, check you, us out. <laughs> check you out. You go with a mentor. They show you around and show right. you what they doing. And now I feel you. I'm one of them people that went back like, like it wasn't items we were selling though. It's all the same business model though. It's mm-hmm. a small office, motivational right. speech in the morning. They do the interviews. You go out with your people, and the people mm-hmm. try to recruit you. But mine's was more like we were selling stuff like Braves tickets, okay. uh, coupon yeah. books before Groupon. Um, oh man, you taking me back. Um, we so the company I work with, they'll they'll t- like say for instance you own four Domino's pieces, they'll come to you and they'll say um. They'll, they'll basically tell them that they're going to help them get more clients. So they'll put together like a coupon package. Let's just say you get five pieces for $20 instead okay. of paying 13 for one piece. But the way they're looking at it, 
is they gonna come in here after they buy that pizza, you gotta get drinks and all that type of stuff too. They love to sell you the drinks at a high markup. And mm-hmm. that's how the company got their clients. Like they'll talk to the client, mm-hmm. explain to them how they increase revenue for Subway or other companies. Like Braves was their number one client. But okay. you know, we'll go out, um, we go door to door. Hey, what's up? You know, mm-hmm. my name, you know, uh, you like pizza? They're like, yeah, you know, how we save you 90% off on pizza. People are like, huh? Put the coupon packet in their hand. You tell them the benefits of it, and they start show interest. You pull it. You pull your uh your back then. It's like you know debit credit card, uh, debit credit or cash. You know what I'm saying? And you know they fill out a little slip and boom, that's your sale. Um, but yeah, I did that before, bro. And I got I just really more so did it to enhance my sales skills because I wasn't getting hired. I was fresh out of college, and they mm-hmm. uh they hating on your boy. I'm going to these different interviews. And, you know they treat me like. They treat me like um like the like little pee wee or something like that, man. And <laughs> so I had to get out the mud, man. Um, but my bad for cutting you off, man. What uh, you said you you gonna say some more, some more stuff I you mean, was into? I, I had so many different things I tried. Um, one of them was interesting. I worked at a um, um, a funeral home. Oh snap! Yeah, I worked at a funeral home just for a little hot second. Mm-hmm. So I did um telemarketing, where you just basically calling people out of a phone book. And then I end up when you got a lead, you would uh, I would go to the person home and then sell them the, like their package where mm-hmm. they bought the vault or the casket things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Especially right here out here on the east side, that was something I did. I, um, River Road. Uh, I can't think of the name of the funeral home, but it was just a cool experience. That's how much I like sales. I didn't mind selling anything. So, all right, bring it back. So you you were selling caskets, basically. Okay, and selling it to people like on spot. Like who? Who you selling to? Well, most of them was elderly people because they the one who's um mm-hmm. not necessarily financially stable, but that was a priority to them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it's a priority. Now, what I'm saying is, how did the sale come about? Did they call you make the sale? Did they come in and make the sale? Well, uh, some of it was from telemarketing, mm-hmm. and then some of it was they called the office and said, "Hey, you know what? I need um." set up and make a package or uh, get my knees together, and then they would just send one of the salesmen to close the deal versus having the customer So you was a closer. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, caskets, that's, I got you. That's what's up. So how much How much do caskets cost? I haven't, I haven't had any chance to bury anyone. I mean, <laughs> um, when I was doing this, this was 20 years ago, mm-hmm. actually 20 plus probably. But uh, right now I think a casket is about $1,000 on the average, depending oh, on it? how nice it is. It could be cheaper or it could be more. Oh, yeah. You got different kind of woods. You got different kind of metals. Yeah. When I when I die, they're going to bury me in a gold casket, man. It's going to cost about 50 grand. Okay. Nah, I'm just talking, man. I ain't going to die for a while, man. But, um, <laughs> nah, yeah. what's up? So, like, as far as, like, doing stuff on your own, man, what's the first thing you start doing on your own? Ooh, that take me back, take me back. I think the first one I did was... It could have been DVDs first. I was selling um, flicks wholesale, right? I was buying them wholesale by the hundreds, and I was selling the gas stations. Okay. I think I did that first, or I got into my landscaping company first. You said you were selling the gas station? Right. Okay, so you just kind of, like, the local store that you always go to. Right. Mm-hmm. You, like, sell them, like, let me set up shop and give you all a percent. Right, they were buying from me at a oh, wholesale price. So I'm buying them wholesale, then they were buying wholesale from me. Oh, no, so no consignment. 
No consignment. That's what's up. How was the communication when you just dealing with the, you know, they be foreign for the most part? I mean, I think at the time I just had some good prices, so I didn't have to be that, be that great at sales, yeah. right? I was like, this the deal right here. And at the time, this was before bootlegging really was a thing. So oh, okay. you can't get like a bootleg DVD. You had to get the old porn where the dude had like the box or the high right haircut. You <laughs> <laughs> the um yeah, you know math yeah. is math is universal, bro. So I'm gonna tell you yeah. something funny. So I watched this movie called The Middleman, and um it was basically like a movie like the people that first they created a payment processor like kind of like okay. PayPal, but they did it specifically for porn. Like so you could buy fucking okay. pictures and videos online. And um, it was like some terrorist dudes, bro. They was like doing terrorist attacks, but they was addicted to this one girl, like on some some porn. Like, okay. so they was like, they kept telling her to put out content, and they said like she, they were like they don't like the hardcore men on women porn. They like they like women on women, okay, or women selfie <laughs> shit. Okay, yeah. So I just thought that was funny, man. So um. <laughs> Man, you had them people in the gas station. Oh, you man. the reason why they got damn got no staff in the gas station, man. You supplying with all these all this content, man. They in the back getting busy, man. No, I'm oh, just joking, was... man. All right, so like, where you get them from, bro? Like you was um... just making them yourself, like not making them yourself, <laughs> bro. Like you'll take one and dub it. No, I was getting them from a company out of uh, North Carolina. Um, I don't think it was South Carolina because it's been so long ago, but I think it was North Carolina. <laughs> And uh, I forgot how I even came across the company. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, I would got... have them sent straight to the house <laughs> and go do my thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to ask how you stumbled across this company, man. Good yeah. business is good business, man. You yeah, know what I'm for saying? sure. I, I just like doing my own thing. I was always like creative. Like, what can I do that somebody else ain't doing? I used to flip CDs, man. So yeah. I had a buddy of mine. Uh, it was He put me on to this hustle, my homeboy Dwight. His birthday was actually a couple days ago. Okay. But he wanted to burn like some CDs. He had like a TI demo CD and like a ludicrous word of mouth CD. And like he knew I had a computer. He was telling me, like, bro, burn okay. the CD. I don't know what it means. I'm like, I don't got a lighter. <laughs> he said <told, laughs> my burn the CD. I'm like, okay. So he like, so he he kind of like just forced on me, like, bro, I just I just need to make a copy of something. Cause I guess he was borrowing it from somebody and he had to give it back. Okay, yeah. That but really like is. as soon as I uh dubbed that tape, light bulb went off. I'm like, oh shit, I could do this. So then next I went next time I went to Walmart, I bought like a 10 pack of CDs and that was like one of my side hustles. I, I wasn't able to get that much music though, because like for one, my mom wouldn't really allow me to keep no dirty versions on the computer like that. Okay. And, um, you know, it's the old days. You had to go buy the CD you wanted and then do all that and stuff like that. But okay. uh, you know, I did I didn't really do it hard, but like if somebody gave me a new CD, I'd print out like 10 and Try to sell them before they got it from somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, but, uh, gotta be quick with it. Cool little side hustle, man. So, all right, man. So you, you, uh, you sold DVDs, adult content. What's the most? What's some more hustles you uh stumbled across? Man? Um, I did the landscaping, then I added uh pressure washing with it. So I had that company for a little over a year. Maybe I did two seasons. So um, I got some help and um. I realized I didn't want to do that anymore. It kind of took me back to my childhood. The farm. Yeah. Doing too much work. Yeah, it was too much work. Like, nah, this ain't it. Nah, yeah. this ain't for me. Yeah. And it, it takes time. Like, I like to flip money, bro. I don't like yeah. to spend, I don't like the time to dictate how much money I'm going to get. 
Um, mm-hmm. I like to flip my money, bro. I mean, that's just good for me because, like, the type I've never been great at doing like a lot of work, bro. Like, okay. if I cut your grass, it might be a weed or bush mission. I, I did cut grass in the hood, but I remember one time, man, this lady, man, I asked her a few times. Like, most people was cool, bro. Like, mm. would just let me do it. They like, okay, little dude, he trying to get some school clothes money. Man, this lady dragged me through the mud, bro. And I only, look, it was only a dub I was charging her. My intro yeah. price. She dragging me through the mud. I, after I cut everything, she started pointing out like little shit. Like, yeah. like you missed a spot now. Like, yeah, you know what, bro? Let me get back to flipping something, man. But I mean, you know, I just kept my regular clients and just, I was like, I ain't, I ain't fucking with her no more. And then she was a the type of lady also, she had a car in her yard, a rabbit. It was okay. like an old school. The only thing nice <laughs> was the seats. But it's before I can get a car. So I'm, I don't think, I don't know that some cars actually just not going to work no more unless you replace okay. the engine or whatever. It was okay. sitting in her yard for years, bro. I'm growing up seeing this car. By the time I'm old enough to get one, that was one of the options. Okay. So I asked the lady how much she trying to charge me like MSRP, like the the fucking the blue book value. Okay. And when it don't work, I don't even know what's wrong with it. She talking about the look at those seats and the rims. I'm like, it, it was a hut. She she had a husband. He mm. left her and left the car. Okay. So that, okay. that told me something then. Like, I'm gonna do just like your husband, leave your ass the fuck alone. <laughs> Yeah, that's because nah. I'm like, I'm like, man, this car is not even worth a thousand. You want like the regular price for it? And it was an old school too, so you know, the old school. You, mm. It's really no guaranteed blue book value for it because it's it's an antique at that point. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, I got you. Yeah, man. So um, that'd be cool to have one of them right now. Hell yeah, a rabbit, a rabbit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that rabbit, man. I'm trying to tell you. He used you. to go hard. A little three star, five stars on there or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. With a little knock. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> uh, so, man, you know, you, you educated me. I didn't know you did the pressure wash thing. What's some more hustles that you had growing up, man? And, um, yeah. So, that was the main one I got into um, DJing. Mm. <laughs> I DJed for a while. Um, I just knew I really liked the music industry. You know, I had a partner of mine that was making beats. He was rapping. You know, I was supporting him, going to the open mics, doing this and that. And I was just like, you know what? I don't know what I want to do in the music industry. Someone just told me I'm just, I become a DJ. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I was already a people person, so I was like, you know, I'm gonna just shoot my shot. So I started. I did it for years. How how you how you you just buy the equipment? You just bought the equipment? Right, I bought the equipment. No, what it was. I was staying in apartments. Mm-hmm. Stayed in a lot of apartments in my adult life when I was younger, right? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the apartments. <laughs> you feel me? And um, a guy that was about three three spots down, he was a DJ. Mm-hmm. And um, shout out to DJ David X. That was mm. his name too, right? That what his name was? Right, DJ David X. And um, he was like, he, I think he was doing records back then. I was just like, man, that's kind of interesting. And he, sh- he showed me a couple things, right? Mm-hmm. Then um, I'm still kind of moving around a little bit in the street, so I'm meeting other people, and then I met another DJ, cool DJ, DJ Money. So he was the first one to let me uh, DJ inside the club. So I was practicing a little bit in the club, and I was like, all right, you know what? I think I'm going to go ahead and get out here and do my own thing. I grabbed some speakers from the D- Discount Mall, the D Mall. I got my Discount speakers mall. from mall, Shout from out there. Old National, Gabby Road. Yep, for sure, for sure. Um, and then I grabbed... The, the CD uh, players from uh, Guitar Center. Mm. Yeah, and I started doing my thing. I was mostly doing like birthday parties, 
Um, so you would reach out stuff to people? Stuff like that. You, you made flyers? Um, I think I had some business cards I had made, and um, word of mouth just got around. Yeah. Nice. Right, what's up? Yeah. What's up? So, man, anybody that's listening, man, it's, uh, these are all things that he... He just did on his own. Didn't didn't require the help of a uh, of an employer. Just kind of like you know, he just buy the equipment, set up shop, reach out to people, and make your own money. It's not that difficult. All right, cool, mm-hmm. man. So let's talk about eBay, man. So uh, you know, I'm a reseller. I sell okay. on every platform. I've been, I've been on eBay since um 2008. Uh, I'm doing Amazon, but I don't I don't leave. I never neglect a platform. Every platform is good for something or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But I do lead off with Amazon because that's what they want to hear. That's what they want to see. And it's it's easier to scale Amazon. It's easier to teach someone how to scale Amazon as opposed to like eBay. You know what I mean? But um, around what time you get on? You got on eBay? Uh, I started January 2010. Okay. Cool, cool. So how? Uh, no, I take that back. My bad. Uh, 2013. Okay. 2013. Yep. Okay. What you start off selling? Uh shoes, some some used clothes, just to kind of learn the system. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, of course I fumbled. I fumbled the ball. I didn't know. Back then, auctions was real big. Mm. Right. So you'll grab this microphone yeah, and put it on there for like 99 cent or 1090, you know, $10.99 and let it spin. And then what I realized is that some people wouldn't bid on it. And then somebody would at the last minute would buy it at your lowest price. Mm-hmm. And I got burnt, you know, for a couple of dollars, ten, twenty dollars, nothing major. But it yeah. taught me a lesson that I need to do buy it now or make me an offer price. And uh, since yeah, yeah. then, uh, you know, I just been doing make me an offer. So this would uh they frown upon this, but when that used to happen to me, bro, I used to do what they call shield bidding. Okay. That's when you get your homeboy to bid on it. And then mm-hmm. if don't nobody outbid them, just tell them to cancel it. No hard feelings. Some okay. people used to set reserve prices, but I used to always mm. think that was crazy, like to set yeah. a reserve price. Just set it at your price. But um, so yeah, when I started, bro, I was in college and um I had a homeboy. So I was always interested in eBay, bro. Like um I see like a kid made a one point two million dollars selling on eBay. Probably was his parents okay. using him as the face. Man, you you remember the movie Forty Year Old Version? Yeah, I remember that. The girl he was with, man, she had a store that said, We'll sell your stuff on eBay. That was one of my movies, bro. I used to like I used to love that movie. It was funny. I felt like it was some good gems drop, you know, as a okay. young adult about, you know, whatever, about the dating scene. And yeah, that was it was pretty cool, bro. To me, I'm just looking at it like, you know, she she I don't know, the shit intrigued me, bro. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> Real talk. So I always had in the back of my mind, man, I can't wait to start. I used to ask people how to do it. Nobody would really tell me or know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So like, I had a homeboy of mine, he um, he came across a watch. Okay. It was like an Omega Seamaster watch. The watch was worth okay. like eleven thousand. I didn't know nothing about watches back then, but it, like, uh, but somebody bid on it until it made like seventeen, eighteen thousand. They didn't buy it after that. We had to relist it. But I'm just looking at that shit. Like we started off at ninety nine cent. Yeah, it went all the way to like seventeen, eighteen grand, bro. And I'm just looking like, yeah. And then I'm noticing that people, they don't mm. give a damn who they buying from. They're buying from eBay. And they the trust of eBay, they got the trust in you. So I'm looking at it like, damn, because you know, as a as a hustler, you know, some people wouldn't buy from you, bro. Like if you try to sell mm-hmm. something to someone out of your demographic, it could go left. They might t- they might call the cops. You know what I'm saying? They might tell right. you no soliciting. But like on this platform, bro, you selling to people in different countries, different states. 
The only mm. thing you gotta do is just make sure you're professional with your typing, bro. And that shit intrigued me, bro. And um, after we sold that, he gave me a little something, man. I started flipping like um, like when people like wear their shoes or something one time and throw them, throw, they they gonna just let them sit. I like man, let me get those. You know what I'm saying? If I had the money for it, I buy them on site. Sometimes it'll do it'll be a consignment. Mm. And then also, by that time, I used to notice that every semester as it was closing out. The uh, the bookstore in our school at Albany State, they would buy okay. back your textbooks. Okay. So like, I used to beat them to the punch. I get I leave some flyers and concierge like sell me your textbooks, and they'll call it be my black ass on the phone. And um, basically, man, I'm just really <laughs> I'm just making up a price that I can flip it on for on eBay because I was a used book buyer. I was like to me it made sense to buy the previous year book for forty dollars as opposed to the new one for a hundred or two hundred. Right. So like. As a buyer, I kind of had that mindset, man. Um, and that's how I got started, bro. Like it turned from that to now I'm on old national and Washington Road, and every time they got a phone or TV they want to get rid of, I'm the man they call, and it just kind of brought me here today, bro. What's the first thing? You, all right, so you said um, shoes. So like used shoes, you were buying them from the store. No, um, I seen my partner do it. I think this was in 2010. He had already had started selling on eBay. Okay. And um, he had like some beat up Jordans. And one day I went by the crib and uh, he had cleaned them up and put like um, tissue or uh, um, socks in the inside to make it look yeah. nice and presentable. Yeah. He was like, yeah, man, I've been selling these, doing this, doing that. I was like, oh, okay. Now, so when I seen it, I didn't execute right away. I was just like, okay, I'm just EJ grinding. I, I was still doing something else. I was probably doing a pressure washing company. After a while, I couldn't know he was still rocking with it. <laughs> it's still going. I said, okay, this thing official. Yeah. You feel me? Like, <laughs> all right, so I had, when I got started, um, I think I already had some new shoes, mm -hmm. right? I already had some. So I just started selling them and putting them on eBay. And uh, once I realized the auction wouldn't move, uh, like I said, um, I migrated over to the buy it now. Or to make me an offer and uh, been rocking ever since. Mm. Okay, man. So this episode is brought in part to you by Details Worldwide, one of the top clothing brands in America. Start off on the south side. Shout out my brother Darius, aka Sky Diggity. And it's also brought to you by Shoe Solution Six. Man, it's the number one eBay store for clothing and and shoes. You know, if you if you if you want some cool Nikes, you got them. If you can't afford the Nikes, you got the Puma. If you can't afford the Puma, you got the Converse. If you can't afford the Converse, you got the Diodorus. So make sure y'all shop Shoe yeah. Solution Six, and make sure you go to Details Worldwide, man. Get you get you the freshest fit you'll ever see in your life. But um, nah, that's what's up, bro. So um, yeah. So I know for me, it uh, it ended up turning to a business. Like it just literally everybody knew I was like they called me the cash out man. People knew I would cash them out. They got something for sale, mm. I cash them out. Whether it was a laptop, some shoes, some clothes, you know what I'm saying. It could be selling war to a whale as long as I know what price to pay. Uh, I knew what my, my bottom line was. Like, that's just kind of like, that's what I was in the hood at that point. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I did dibble and dabble into a few other things, man. Like, um, I flipped some cars and, you know, I sold a little, little greenery. You know what I'm saying? Now, I ain't proud of it, but, you know, it's my story. And, um, yeah, man, the eBay, like, reselling, like, the skill of reselling is what I was, uh, you know, um, that's what I was known for. So, you're... So Shoe Solution Six, this is not your first rodeo, is it? Is this, this not the first name you came up with, or you been Shoe Solution Six since twenty thirteen? Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. I didn't got shut off of eBay so many times, bro. Like from selling, from accidentally selling counterfeit items to recently, I had an issue 
um, to where my shipments was just wasn't making it to the customer. And where I messed up <laughs> okay. at, I was shipping through a concierge service to where I wasn't getting the receipt. It's like drop them mm, off, boom. Right. It'll take like a month for the customer to get their item. But by four or five a week, four or five days to a week, they looking like, where's my stuff? And then it's mm. like, the post office wouldn't be no record of the item being shipped. I would literally have to make a claim, and that's when everything got resolved. But by then, they kind of shut my account down, and I had to do all this stuff to appeal and um, mm. and get that right. But um, but yeah, man, that's impressive, bro. Like, that's real reputable. I know your feedback crazy. Hey, man, it's the crazy thing is that um, it went back up recently, um, and I'm at 100% right now, which is crazy. It's impeccable, remarkable. If you know anything about eBay, yeah. It's not easy to get a hundred. I Hell mean, no. 99%. It's easy to stay at 99%, 95%, yeah. but a hundred. For real. Um, so like what was your main sourcing methods back then? Uh retail arbitrage. Retail arbitrage. Yes. Explain to the people what retail arbitrage is. They can hear it from me, but I want I want to hear your take on it. Right. So the simple format is when you're um buying items that you go to at your local stores already and find things on clearance that are marked down, be able to buy them out of a retail store and resell them on whatever platform you want to. Okay, so um, how would you know what to buy? Um, at the time, I was already buying shoes from a, a Foot Locker outlet. Mm, Foot Locker right? outlet? Yes, it was an outlet in Riverdale. And- mm. um, Was? Well, actually it's still there. For real? Yeah, it's still there, it's just not, I'm not sure if it's an outlet anymore, it's just a regular Foot Locker. Well, I don't know how I didn't hear about that. Yes, this was a long time ago, though. So this mm -hmm. is like 2003, mm -hmm. four, you know. So Oh, yeah, so I was still young then. I was still like, <laughs> I was like middle school transitioning to high school, so I probably wasn't moving around like that. Yeah, that's Man. probably what that was. So I was already moving, you see what I'm saying? No, so what was you doing before eBay then? You were still buying them shoes? Like, what, you was just trunking them out? Like, still yeah. in the trunk? Yeah, mostly at barbershops. Mm. That was my main thing. Nah, it's dope. So you pull up to the barbershop. I got you. I, I met a few guys like you, the, the guy with all the shit in his trunk. Yeah. But your stuff was real, though. Some people right. were selling like the fake Air Force Ones. Right, right. That's for real. Yours is real. Okay. You ain't reading up at a discount mall. Man, the D mall. <laughs> like, I can't even sit here and flex to you. I have <laughs> spent some money in the D mall before. Yeah, me too, but you feel me? You wasn't you were selling shoes at the D Mall? I have bought some shoes and resold them at the D Mall. Like it was cool. Thousands. Back, it wasn't that bad back then, cause we still was on the fence. We still didn't know if it was fake or if it was just altered or not. Well, I know me when I met the D Mall, the discount mall, it was like heaven to me. Cause we I wasn't my mom wasn't we wasn't fresh like that. We had money for the bills, we'll take a trip, she'll mm -hmm. save some money, but being fresh, it, it, it wasn't really Priority. It wasn't a priority. And then they right. from the project, so like it'd be like they'd be looking at my outfit, like you good, bro. I'm like, yeah. man, I'm going. I'm in. I'm in College Park, man. It's, these people care about swag out here. Yeah. I'm going. It swag is that's more important yeah. than education to some people. Yeah. Than, not to me, but to them. But um, you I was still on the fence. I was still on the fence, like, cause I used to think like, nah, these ain't fake. It's just like maybe the factory fucked up and messed one of the checks up or. But um yeah you I mean hey back then I was still on the fence so yeah so you was trunking it out you re up at the outlet every blue moon the discount mall when you plug you know you you just switching plugs and um then you started um eBay that's the first platform you used as far as reselling right okay mm -hmm. it wasn't many back then well yeah 
a lot started merging around 2013. All right, so you going to the Foot Locker? What other uh, that was the main place you were sourcing at? Oh um, no, I went to several malls. One of my favorite was Shannon Mall. All Shannon right, Mall, rest in peace, Shannon Mall. Tyler <laughs> right. Perry Studios now, man. Yep, yep. So um. I was going to all the malls. You taking me back, bro. Yeah, like Shannon Mall, dog. Chaps was my favorite. Like that was the spot I used to get most of my stuff out of at Shannon Mall was the champ. Man, I had this. I had some homeboys. Shout out to Bird. He used to work at Shannon. He used to work at Champs. Okay. He would give me like the discount, like the employee discount. I needed that too, bro. Like I wasn't. Like I said, I ain't come from much coming up, bro. So I used to need that. I think they eventually fired him by saying he was he was backdooring him or whatever, but. Okay. You know, it's always it's always a beginning and an end. Okay, so uh all right, cool. So like yeah, so going back to my question, how would you know what to buy an item for and what to sell an item for on eBay? Um I, in my mind, I was very comfortable with shoes, right? At mm -hmm. that time. So I didn't have my numbers correct. I was just thinking, okay, this is what I would like to wear. And so I'm gonna resell it because I know there's gonna be some people who would like to buy it because I like it. Right. Right. And uh, I was doing that for years, and I think my markup was like around double. So I find something for $19.99, then I might sell it for $39.99. Not really knowing my numbers and adding it up. By the time you do taxes and eBay fees, I wouldn't even double in my money if they bought it for $39.99. Right. Yeah. But so, yeah, what you gonna say? So eventually I start understanding I got to do a better job of sourcing or I got to sell the product for more. And if I sell it for more, I got to be comfortable with letting it sit for longer to make the numbers work. Yeah. So like, I like to do what, uh, what they call uh, hot potatoes. I want this shit going as fast as possible, man. So like, I'm not quick to sit on an item, mm -hmm. but, um, but I will say this though, um, like in the, as long as I'm making 20%, I'm cool, bro. Like, I'm aiming for 50%, 100%, but 20% is, like, my bottom line. If I can sell it for 20%, I'm good. Or even if an item is sitting, if I make 10, 15, if I'm only making 10%, but it's been sitting there for a couple months, I'll take that because I'm playing hot potato. Like, the more money I got, the more I can, the faster I can re-up, mm -hmm. and the more, I can, the more I can buy and just keep the business going. But, um... So yeah, I ain't, I'm not when I sell on my platforms. I'm not the type to. Uh, I'm more of a hot potato type. Get it in, get it in, get it off. You know what I mean? Um, so like, all right. So, how would you know what the item sells for based on the MSRP, or would you look through the eBay? Like, you know, would you look at eBay stats to, to determine that? Um, it's a little bit of both, right? Sometimes me, I call it winning on the front end. Okay. Right. So it don't matter what an item is. If you sell me a um an item at such a low cost where I know it's super super wholesale, I don't even have to look up the price. You don't got to. Like this microphone right here. Mm -hmm. You gonna sell me this microphone and the stand for five dollars? I ain't got to look at the app. Hell nah. <laughs> See how much they want for it. Like two hundred dollars. I know mic. I can't lose. Well, they say uh, hustle and flow. What's the difference between that mic and this mic? <laughs> You saw the movie before, right? Yeah, for okay. sure. Okay. Definitely, definitely. A couple of times. You saw yourself in that movie in a couple of scenes. Oh, yeah, because I used to, you know, play on the wrong side of the law, so I could see myself in a lot of different positions. Hey, man, coming up, bro, we didn't have many good mentors and good sources of information on how to get this money. We didn't have podcasts like multiple streams by any means back then, right. man. So, hey, man, you know. 
as long as I, I made it out, I don't have no failures, no scratch, so I feel damn good to say that I'm satisfied with every decision I made because none of them really bit me in the ass. Mm, you know yeah, what I'm saying? I, I got a taste now. I have been I have been to court before. Yeah. But it was, you know, everything like just bullshit dropped. Or I might get caught for this, but didn't get caught for that. And, yeah. you know, I'm just glad that I don't have to do anything dirty to get some money these days, yeah, really? man. Um, That's a blessing. Hell yeah. So, all right. How do you know if an item is in demand on eBay? Or would you know that? Well, now, um, because of my experience, I know to look up the sold items. Okay. Right? And that's sold a big item. key factor. So you Complete have to- listings and sold items, yep. Right, right. And I didn't know that for years. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking at what's listed on eBay, yeah. right? And um, you'll see several people selling the same thing. Maybe it was new, used, uh, different colors or variations. But mm -hmm. I would go off of those numbers. And th that would that would be good enough. Yeah. So um, now I go to the soul if I have time or I just trust my judgment and go ahead and buy it. Because like I said, um, sometimes I don't have to know the numbers. I just trust my gut and the number's so low on the front end that I just grab it. Yeah. That's what's up. So like, yeah, so like with eBay, I know when I'm selling, I use the uh, sold listings to kind of determine the marketability of the items as well. Um, on Amazon, we got what you call sales rank. So it's a number assigned to each item. And um, it'll let you know if it's in the top percent. It'll let you know if you're in the top percent or... There's also a lot of uh, statistics that let you know how many units of an item were sold or how many people sell a certain item. So that's the cool thing about um, Amazon. That's the cool thing about Amazon, man, because uh, for the most part, bro, um, Amazon has a lot of numbers assigned to it to where you can kind of make your own judgment as far as how in demand or, you know, you could determine supply and demand just based on stats like sales ranks and things of that nature. So, like, yeah, man, that's why I like... Uh, that's one thing I like about um, Amazon, but the fact that eBay does have that, that's cool because a lot of other sites don't. I know StockX right. does that. They have like mm. a price history chart and things of that nature. Um, nah, that's what's up, bro. Um, so eBay, man. Um, so as far as uh, somebody getting started on eBay, um, give some tips on somebody who want to start it, bro. You know what I mean? Just oh, a, wow. a few simple tips. It's funny because right now uh, I'm actually doing a Zoom call every week with my partner David. We buy iPhones LLC and we teaching people how to make their first thousand dollars. Oh, you eBay. talking about that dude over there? Yeah, that dude oh, right there. Okay. What up, bro? Chilling, man. Okay, so y'all do a Zoom, man. Damn, yeah. man. Y'all ain't told me about the Zoom, bro. I ain't, I'm not I ain't down. A lot of people don't know about the Zoom yet. So we gotta do a better <laughs> job of marketing and spreading the word. Right now we just been focusing on consistency. Right. Right. Getting our reps in and um Making sure we doing different tips every week. So we usually do two to three different tips um, for each of us. Yeah. And, you know, just getting started on eBay is actually pretty simple. I mean, it, it don't take a whole bunch of knowledge to get started. And um, I would go to is just using things straight from your home first. I know you know this because you've been selling stuff on eBay for a long time as well. Right. So we just tell them, go ahead and just get your first item List it um, on the platform, get used to shipping out, mm -hmm. and then we'll add more information as we um, continue this on um, Thursday. We usually do every Thursday, sometime on Fridays. Oh, that's lit. Nah, that's lit. Um, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. 
Yeah, I give tips and all that type of stuff. Um, so I'm kind of the same way. When I teach people how to sell on Amazon with my program, the Resellers Bootcamp, like, so when, my thing is, man, you don't want to give people, because we've been doing it so long, we can kind of think abstractly. Some mm -hmm. people, you got to get them one, on one focus, like find okay. a niche. So I always tell people, your niche might just be what you have access of in your house at the moment. Obviously, if you got a lot of shoes, you might know a little about, mm -hmm. you might know a little bit about shoes, more about shoes than you knew. And uh, for one, that's going to be the first items that you sell on your platform, like whatever you have excess of in your house. And then also might just be your niche, you know what I mean? So I kind of I kind of teach it uh, a similar way, man. So you use any other platforms besides eBay? Um, I use Poshmark. Okay, me too. I use uh, Macari. Me too. I use OfferUp. Okay. Oh, and another one that's really good for me is uh, Facebook Marketplace. Okay. So why yeah. do you why do you use different the different platforms? Are they just like alternative? You list them on double sites, or some items go better on this platform? Um, some items go better on different platforms, especially your bigger items, right? So if I'm selling furniture, uh, something that's heavy, I might want to do Facebook Marketplace or offers up. Oh, lit. Right. Okay. Um, and then sometimes I'm having duplicates. So for example, this microphone again, right? I may buy 50 microphones. Mm -hmm. I don't want to sit and let eBay sell all 50. I may go ahead and put a few on different platforms to go ahead and get off this 50 real quick. Mm -hmm. So that's another reason why I would use a different platform. Okay. I noticed you never, you didn't say Amazon. You haven't, um, you, you never tried Amazon out? Um, I tried it once and this was years ago, years, years, years ago. And uh, sure. what happened was, they gave me a hard time about me having so many different brands, mm -hmm. right? They wanted me to get permission from each manufacturer. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I'm having, you know, Ralph Lauren, I got Nike, I got Reebok, Fila, and that was overwhelming for me. I'm like, mm -hmm. what? What am I do? Like, you want me to call them? Or you want me to email them? Or can I pull up on their address? And be like, hey, I need you to sign this paper. Like, I was like, no, nah, I'm cool. I'm going to just stick with eBay, right? <laughs> okay. All right, so look, about that, so basically... You're referring to the gated process. So if you're restricted from selling a brand or in a category, that's considered gating. Right. So to get ungated means to get approval. So the way you get approval, um, you basically got to go through a, it could be a wholesaler, it could be a reseller, anyone that provides an invoice. So say for instance, I want to get uh, get ungated in Nike. I go okay. to a website like Eastbay, eastbay.com. Right. Actually yeah. affiliates of Foot Locker. Okay. Yeah, you know anybody don't remember East Bay? It's those cool magazines where the mm. cool the dude that had all the cool sneakers used to order his sneakers from, you know, back in the day. But um, so you order ten of the same items, and when you get the invoice, you send it to Amazon. Now you can sell Nike. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. Um. And um, yeah. So that's how you get ungated. So so for you, shoe solution sticks. If you want to jump back at Amazon for one, you know I got you. You know I put okay. you on on point, but uh. Eastbay.com is how you get approved to sell the stuff that you sell because your niche is like mm -hmm. shoes and clothes and things of that nature. So Eastbay.com would be the website to get restricted. So you ain't got to knock on Nike door. You can go straight right. through a company like that. They got And they got all the brands from, they got all the brands. Right. They got a lot yeah. of brands. Some brands we can't even like think of at the moment. So free gym for you guys. That's normally in my course resellers boot camp, but you got it for free right here on multiple streams by any means. Okay, so... 
Another thing I saw that you do, man, is um that I love is the storage flipping, man. You want to tell us oh, about that? Oh man, the storage flipping. Yeah, man. Now that one is the one that I've been de- doing since 2010. Oh, for real? So I had started um, eBay in 2013. Okay. But um, yeah, the storage flipping, man. I'm working on this book um, right now. I'm at 20,000 words. I'm getting it edited. But uh, the name of the book, as of right now, is called Forgotten Treasures. Mm. Right. And um, yeah, that's hard, bro. We moving forward with that, you know. That's gonna be um, the lead magnet to the funnel in the future. Uh, can't wait for that to happen. But storage flipping is an easy process, you know. Um, I was doing it before the show Storage Wars came out, and um, when when the show came out, I was like, "Well, damn, I must be doing something right." They got a show out about it because right. it was low key, and nobody really talk about it. I ain't never seen nobody else do it, yeah. you know. When I came across it, and um, at the time, I was doing. Um, my landscape company, right? So, okay. you know, at the end of the day, end of the week or whatever, I might put my stuff in storage because I'm I'm through for the day or whatever. And um, I see this big crowd walk by, and I'm like, what's all these people at the storage? And it look kind of out of place. It look kind of goofy right now. It's a long line. Like they, got, <laughs> they got the new Jordans coming out. They talking about the storage unit. You know, so I asked a couple of questions, being nosy, you feel me? Um, and they like, oh, okay, they doing an auction. So I like, bet. So you know what? I said, when the next auction? They gave me the date. I pulled up the next month, kind of just peeped the game a little bit. Yep. And then after that, I got on the phone and just started calling um, everybody in the phone book. <laughs> you feel me? Because that's back when phone hold books on. were still popping. Why? Hold on. Why you call people in the phone book? That was to get um, the phone numbers of all these other storage unit companies oh, oh, in I my area. Saying. I see what you're saying. I'm, yeah. I'm my bad. I missed that. No, nah, that's mm-hmm. hard, bro. So you've been doing that since 2010? Right. Okay, so you know about it. You know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know about it. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Now, that's what's up, bro. Like, you kind of like me, bro. I used to love uh, Storage Wars. I'm going to tell you another show I like. Pawn Stars. P-A-W-N. Pawn Stars. Right. I used to, you know, that's how people used to come at me. I got this for sale. Mm -hmm. I look at it, analyze it, and I used to pretend like I was them. You know what I mean? Like the dudes (laughs) on uh, Pawn Stars. That's what's up. So you said your book, man. You, you got my book yet? No, I don't have your book yet. Hey, yes, you do, man. So look, man. He's he bragging about his book he written. I got me a book too, man. It's called uh, Navigate the Great, Your GPS uh, to the Road to Riches. Self-help book, easy read. I use a lot of um, examples from other self-help books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Richest Man in Babylon, Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. And threw a little hip-hop in it, you know, some quotes from some of my favorite athletes and rappers. And I put it in this book, man. So he going to present it with you, okay. to you. On this episode of Multiple Streams by any means, I'll sign it afterwards. I don't got a pen. Okay. On. Yeah, man. So, uh, all right. So, Storage Wars. I mean, so Storage Unit Flipping. Um, mm-hmm. Storage Unit Flipping. So, the average storage facility, they host auctions like once a month. On, on the average, yes, once a month. Once a month. Open to the general public for the most part. Yes. Well, I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate, but over the years, they went online. Like they took it away from being there in public, you know, um, yeah. sitting there bidding with the guy right next to you, yeah. to just being on the computer. Yeah, that that make it better for them, but not necessarily us because now you can automate it. You can have a fucking, you can have mm. a VA bidding for you. You can have a, you know what yeah. I mean. And it take it's more pressure when you out on the field. Yes, it's like you know you you looking at people with money. You looking at mm. people who might not got it. You you outbidding them. You might do a slick bid like wink your eye. Yeah, and you know what I'm saying. You yes. can't do that from the computer. Like a lot of these auctions move toward it, and yeah, it drove the price up, bro. Because now more people can can touch the auction. 
Um, just like the car auctions, like just like what you said, I came across. Well, my first car I bought from my auction is my homie. Um, my homie Ed, his step his stepdad Sean got a mechanic shop. Used to flip cars okay. and all that type of stuff. I remember I came home from college. I had like had a little money on me, but I had a budget. Like, well, I, I remember I got a Mitsubishi Galant for five hundred. Okay. And it'd be storage. It'd be like a record services, like tow yards. It'd be a long line on a right. Saturday morning. It may have a little uh, Burger King chicken biscuit for, for a few of the guests. And yeah, we bid him, bro. You know, I, my first car, I drove and I flipped it. And that was like my little side hustle back then. I, I've actually, you know, I wouldn't, I'm not opposed to flipping a car now, especially now they got Toro. I love to get a cash car and uh, put it on the road. Uh, it's just, you know, I ain't the most mechanically inclined. So after you buy a couple lemons, you know better than just go up there and, and have fun. Mm, yeah. But, um, okay, so cool. They, uh, once a month, so they all online or mostly online? They mostly online now. Okay. So every year, there's more companies navigating toward the online platform. So I'm gonna say 80%. You see right how now. you use that word navigate, man. There ain't no accident. <laughs> <laughs> navigate the great, man. So uh, okay, so um it's gonna be an odd number because I know it's gonna be different prices, but all right, so I'll ask you this: what's the lowest you pay for a storage unit and what's the highest you pay just off your off your memory? Oh, that's a good one. Um, the lowest five, maybe three. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Um, and basically, it's because the storage unit system um is set up to rent out units. They can't rent out the unit if it's items it in it. I, yeah. Right. They're yeah. not in the business to sell stuff. Yeah. They just trying to get an empty storage so they can go get them a new customer for. $99 a month, $299 a month. So, yep. you know, if we have some items in there and it's not looking too um, presentable and nobody want to bid on it, yeah. they might say, okay, well, anybody want to bid a dollar <laughs> for free? Because yeah. they just want to get the stuff out. Yeah. If not, they're going to pay a company to remove the item. Yeah. And that's the last thing they want to do. It's going to cost money. It's going to cost them money. <laughs> right. Okay, wow. That's what's up, man. Um, nah, it's dope. What's the most you paid for? Uh, mm, the most I would pay was right, right about five hundred dollars. Okay, which ain't too bad. I mean, they go for a lot more than that, uh-huh. but five hundred dollars usually been like my sweet spot, at for the most. You, do you remember what you turned that five hundred dollars into? Oh man, um, my biggest one that's in my book. Um, I mentioned that it it brought me over ten thousand. <laughs> yeah, that's a cap. Yeah, that's a cap. Um, and it's. It's weird because it still got some leftover inventory from that one big play. You know, I might catch a 20, 50 here. Oh, you know, I already made 10,000. He's still going. <laughs> he's still he's catching had, little baby plays out there. now, man. Yeah, it's Shit. like the goose that load, um, that um, brought the golden egg, right? So, What type of items was in that store? My bad, my bad. What you going to say? No, no. What was in there was um, an antique store. Oh, snap. Nah, it was a whole store. And um, I teach you, I talk about that in my book, which is going after um, commercial versus um, residential. Oh, uh, commercial storage units? Right. You can, um, when you open that door, you can easily uh, see if it was a business. Oh, versus, no, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Like, you're not saying, I got you. So you're saying the same storage, but the, but keep your eyes on the ones that could have been owned by a business owner, such as myself or yourself. Right. And they got some interesting stuff up in there. Right, because as a business owner, you know, you're going to have a volume of things you was already selling. You probably got a cash register or, um, like, cabinets where you would put stuff on display. 
maybe sometimes you might have like a whole barbershop. So you're going to easily see like eight chairs. You're like, oh, this was a barbershop. Oh, yeah. How much? 250 Let me get that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So those are real cool and they're easy to identify. Mm. No, it's, yeah, because it's, if it's like a regular person, it might look like trash. A business is going to have stuff stacked up. A couple by Yeah, I got you. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it take to be a successful storage unit flipper? <laughs> well, it, it takes, you know, several things. Um, the main one is being at the auction on time. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> you cannot win if you're not there. Yeah. Right? And, and if you're not there on time, then you missed out, <laughs> especially when you're doing the ones in person. Got to play to win. Right. So that's the number one key is uh, making sure you make the auctions on time. And what, what can happen is it's so many different companies right? and so many different dates, mm-hmm. you could get mixed up if you don't have them wrote down. Yeah. You thought they started at one, but it was at 11 o'clock. So you missed that opportunity. So being organized. Right. Um, the second one is making sure that you have cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially <laughs> back in the day when I first got started, um, credit cards and debit cards really weren't an option back then. Okay. You had to have cash. So now that has changed over the years. And it makes a difference because, you know, um, some people might not have cash at all, right? So now you can buy a storage unit with a credit card for two fifty, sell the product, and then pay back your credit card before the month over with. Oh, so that a, could be a game changer. Gym. That's a gym right yeah. there. That's um, a gym. Okay. Money. And one of my favorites, which you will see in the book, one of my favorites I used to do for what you call in-person auctions was Last minute bids. Oh yeah, that's one of my favorites. Oh yeah, yeah. you got to time it out right. Like I know on eBay, um, when they, cause I buy it just like mm-hmm. I sell, or just you know I've done um online. I've done a few online auctions like Liquid Day. I bought pallets online and stuff like right. that. Before. Yeah, those last minute bids, bro. I, uh, I mean I did real estate uh, auctions before. I I set a timer. Mm-hmm. Say for instance, the auction ends at it's supposed to end at ten. Mm-hmm. Um. I set alarm for like 945, 950, 955, and 958 or 959. Okay. And then I just, you know, I try to sneak a bin in before like before it was over with. Okay, so like, okay, so organization, money, and last minute bids is what kind of that's three things it takes to be successful. Right. That's three. Cool. And yep. your book, Lost Treasures? Forgotten Treasures. Oh my bad. My bad, man, my bad. <laughs> I'm putting some respect on the name, man. Forgotten treasure. Yeah. Um. Nah, this is up, bro. I gotta, I gotta get that, bro. I definitely gotta get it, cause I mean, I mean, you know, I don't know at all, you know, and you know, as a, as a owner, and creator of the resellers boot camp, I don't want them to feel like uh, there's anything missing, man. So it might be a couple of days. I got you teaching some classes, but um, mm-hmm. okay, so. Um, tell us more about storage auctions, man. If you got, or you know, whatever you got to say about it, it's interesting, man. You know, you can literally go to an auction. It's like a, it's like shoes behind glass door. What, they, what you know, behind this door is this, behind this door is that. It's, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, what I like about it is that you don't need no fancy education to get started, mm-hmm. right? You don't need no expensive vehicle to get started, mm-hmm. right? I mean, um, worst case scenario, you can rent a truck. From um, um, U-Haul, like a regular pickup truck, not even a box truck, and just to get started, right? right? And like I said, now you could use credit cards more often than you could did in the past, so it makes it easier for a person to um, get started, get their feet wet. Um, one of my things I do like now about the the online auctions 
is that you can look outside of your area, right? So I would have never thought to, okay, yeah. I can look at California, or I can look in Florida. You know, you just putting in zip codes, right? Because I might be traveling. So you know what, I'm gonna be in Florida a month. Let me check out theirs. Go ahead and um, pay for it and everything, and then just pull up in another state and buy it, which is kind of cool. Damn, that's hard, bro. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, nah, you open. Yeah, because I mean, you can literally run that like a whole national operation. You know, you can you can have some people scanning like five different auctions for you, ten different auctions, however however many you mm -hmm. know as far as scaling. Um, so all right, so look. Okay. Going back, to what you said, you told me what it take to be successful. Just getting started, what would you what would you say like step one is? Uh, step one would be um, getting all of your locations that you're comfortable with right. driving to, right? So you want to pick, you know, within 15 miles of the house, find out which ones are doing private, not private, um, local auctions, just to get used to the, the the regular version first, right? Or you know, uh, eventually when I get my funnel, you'll be able to do like a um a day hanging out with me, so like we can really get our hands dirty and see what the process is like. Cause it's not pretty all the time, right? You are gonna open that door right. and it's gonna be full of dust. It could be roaches in there, <laughs> right. old food. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you know you going to the mall and how we used to do a retail arbitrage and walking out with all these bags and everybody kind of like ooh and ah and all that kind of stuff. It's like nah, you gotta do some work. Right? You got to get the hand truck out. You got to do some loading and unloading and things of that nature. So what I do like about it is um, the the treasures, right? Mm -hmm. The things you're slipping on. Like you might see a purse. It don't have no name brand on it. But mm -hmm. when you go through it, it got a gift card in it, though. You know I love those gift cards. Yeah, I know you love gift <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You know I love those gift cards, man. Yeah. That's one thing. I So I'm the cash out. Like I said, I started on Washington Road, Old National, buying laptops and... TVs, man. Um, now I'm a big buyer of gold, gift cards, and like new and used electronics. You know, so those big money makers. For right. Me. Um, so I do what they call street arbitrage or local mm -hmm. arbitrage, retail arbitrage. I do it all. I buy right. stuff online, flip it. I do it retail and flip it. But I call it street arbitrage when I buy something from you. Mm -hmm. You you know whether you know local arbitrage mm -hmm. is like the the, the layman's term, but street arbitrage. I'm buying something directly from you and putting online instead of going to a store or a website. Right. You ever saw that movie Next Day Air? That's not for me. Mike, I don't say I've seen it. Mike Epps and um Mike Epps. Oh, what's the dude's name? I forgot dude's name, but uh, Avon from The Wire. Okay. I forgot his name. Okay, I remember the movie now. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a scene. Super old. <laughs> Nah, yeah. I yeah. watch it so much it feel, you know. Nah, so it's basically the movie is about um basically somebody got a whole bunch of dope that they uh uh sent to them by accident. Right, okay, it came and, through um, the mail by yep. Yeah, so that he was the dude so Mike Epps not Mike Epps, but Avon from the wire. I forgot his name, man. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um he was like, um he talking to Mike Epps. Mike Epps got a cousin that does that. So he's like, mm -hmm. I'm gonna just sell them all to him. So the dude went to go look for his money, and somebody it was at a storage unit, and mm -hmm. they didn't stole him. He ended up finding it back, but they stole his money. Let's just say it was a million or a half million, or right? Two hundred, uh, two million or something like that, on some storage, on some storage shit. Mm -hmm. Boy, that would have been a gold mine, bro. <laughs> if you open the storage, it's a million dollars cash mm -hmm. in it, or hell, hey, I ain't, I'm not in the streets no more. But even if I saw ten bricks, I have a smile on my face. Okay, that's real. <laughs> <laughs> they, they got to go. 
<laughs> I'm like, yeah. Hey, now it's funny that you brought that up because I just had a situation like that uh, three, four months ago in Lovejoy, Georgia. For real? What happened? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't buy the unit, right? But yeah. um, they had somebody in there, I think from the uh, Spanish community, that mm. was um, holding a lot of product inside of the, one of the units. Facts. And uh, 12 had been watching and watching and watching. And um, what happened was, I think when he left, they ended up hitting the spot. You know what I'm saying? The storage unit and finding everything. And uh, I, I'm not sure if they caught the guy or not, but they did get all the product out. So he was storing it and it sounded like he had a lot of it. Mm. Yeah. And I and I caught that just from the owners because you got a lot of um, what I call mom and pop storage units, right? Right. And, um, you know, as you go in there for years, they, they know you. They feel comfortable. You just start talking about stuff when you up in the, um, in the office. And they was like, yeah, you know, this right here happened. So they just kind of like normal talk. You know what I'm saying? You start getting off the subject of uh, storage units yeah. when you in there for a while and you start growing a relationship with people. And uh, they brought that to my attention and I just thought that was kind of funny. You know, I was like, wow, damn, I can imagine. And they were talking about how scared they really was because obviously he was a big dealer. Yeah. And, you know, thinking of coming back and, you know. He's armed and dangerous. Yeah, you know all this. And I'm just <laughs> like, okay, I, I don't really care. That had nothing to do with me. I'm just kind of focusing on Trying to find my little units and getting up out of here, but it was interesting right. to the story though. All right, so I got one last question before we dive into uh, this or that a segment that we have here at Multiple Streams. Um, what's the requirements to get down with the private auction? The private auction. So, say for instance, they're doing a storage auction, and some of them open to the public. If it's open to the private to the private customers, like what would you you ever you know what I mean? You talking about the the ones in person? No, the ones that are are not available to the public, but like maybe a private storage auction, or I might be confused. You talking about online? No, it don't matter no. online or in person. I thought it was a situation where some are open to the public and some are only to, to private. No, not when it comes to storage units. Okay, so they're all pretty much open and accessible to anybody. Right. No mm -hmm. licensing required. Right. No licensing required. No none of that. Okay. <laughs> you just walking there out the street, basically. Mm -hmm. As long as you got your cash. And uh, you got to sign your name on the list when you first come in. They ask for your name and I think phone number, mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah, they, so they, then they're going to see you messages and emails and If you flyers. want them to. Sometimes they do, but sometimes they know they're going to have people come there every month. Yeah. So most of them ain't going to bother you with sending you reminders to come. Okay. Bottom line, people, man, storage, flipping, very lucrative. The opportunities are endless. You can either do it from the computer Open you a few accounts, eBay, Macari, Facebook Marketplace, and um, start going these auctions to get to it, man. You could be a six-figure reseller just like me and my brother D. Mathis, man. So right now, we're going to do this or that. Then we're going to okay. close the interview out. Basically, you're just going to choose one over the other, man. You ready? Yeah, let's go. All right, so when it comes down to Shoe Solution 6, okay, you like to sell shoes or clothes. Which one you like better? I like shoes over clothes. A little simpler? Yeah, it's less easier. Yeah, it's easier for me. Um, in my mind, I just like shoes in general more than clothes. But yeah. as I've been doing my research, I like clothes better for as um, storing and the profit margins. Mm. Okay. So, <laughs> hopefully that was helpful. I know that was confusing this or that, right? So mm. my original answer was shoes, though. Let's okay. Go. When it comes down to selling on, on eBay, auction style listings or buy it now? Um, buy it now. Okay. And why is that? Um, it's just an easier process. You don't have to wait. Yeah. 
Yeah, they don't gotta wait. I mean, you know, they might be take thirty days, and it's less likely you're gonna lose money or sell it below value. Right. Um, Poshmark or Macari? Poshmark. Poshmark. You like Poshmark over Macari? Yes. Why? Um, I just get more sales there. For real. But I also put more items on Poshmark than Macari. What's the trick to Poshmark? You like you more you list? It seems like more of a social media algorithm based platform versus like Macari and all the other ones. Um, I don't engage in all that. I think the people the who's parties. very successful in Poshmark, um, they going live, they are sharing. Um, okay, I see you, bro. You been hitting the gym? Oh yeah, twice a week. Okay, um, free shipping or uh, uh, free shipping meaning you pay for shipping or the customer pay for shipping? I never do free shipping, really. Okay, ninety nine percent of the time. You don't think it affect your sales either? Uh, possibly. So I, I add what I call a strategy of um, playing um, competition with myself. Mm-hmm. I might have the same item because I buy in bulk a lot. I have another item that has free shipping, but I charge more for it mm-hmm. to try to recoup the free shipping. Yeah. That's what I do, too. It's It seems like people like the word free so much that, yeah. like, you know, um, what you like doing better, listing items or sourcing? Sourcing. Of course. That was the easy one. Yeah, I'm trying to see. I still got some shit I got a list right now, yeah. man. Um, um, retail arbitrage or storage flipping? Oh, man. That was a good one. Try um, to tell you, man. That was a tough one right there, man, because I do like retail arbitrage. Yes. But I'm going to go with storage flipping. Okay. Right? I think the storage flipping, I know you didn't ask why, but uh, the storage flipping, you're going to get those um, unexpected piles of money or cash yeah. that you didn't see, yeah. right? So you may see the box that has, it's supposed to have a TV in it, but it has something more valuable than a TV. That's kind of like street arbitrage. You're not yeah. buying from a store, you're buying from a storage auction from somebody. Yeah. So that's kind of the same lane. Um, Me, yeah, I ain't gonna lie, I love to receive, I love to get, because cause I do, I go as far as, um, I got people that rent their own stores whenever mm. they need to get rid of some, some okay. space. They'll call me. I love to get those calls as opposed to like hunting. Right. Okay. It's like going, it's like it's like going to the grocery store versus like hunting for your food. Like it's already okay. there. Like, you know. I gotcha. Uh, when it comes down to your business, which more is a valuable asset? Your phone or your laptop? My phone. It's just in your pocket. Yeah, um, it's actually a little bit of a handicap for me. Why you say that? Because I think um to get to a certain level financially, you have to be more um, tech savvy in today's time. And you can do a lot more on your laptop. Mm. So I'm more comfortable with using my phone. Yeah. But that computer gonna have way more options. Yes, I'm the same way, bro. Like um, if I'm I'm more productive on my phone than my laptop. So mm. even if the laptop better, it's like it's kinda like a workout, right? So like um, say for instance, um I focus on consistency more than intensity. Meaning, like, mm, okay. if, if I'm a uh, if if I go to the gym every day, I'm gonna get my results as opposed to going stupid hard for three, four days and skipping days. Because mm-hmm. in one of them day, you might have to skip a little too long because you went so hard. But what I'm saying, as far as that, um, if I can post more and listen more and do more research on my phone, it's gonna be more effective, even if that okay. one better. Okay. So before we close out, man, um, as far as the different streams of income, man, um. You know, um, you all right. So you do like retail arbitrage, you do okay. storage flipping. That's kind of like two streams within itself. You got any uh, any other side hustles or businesses you want to uh, share before we close this out? 
Um, no, that's it. I want just eBay. Um, not big on stocks, real estate, all that type of stuff. I'm not big on it. Far as the income that comes in, I love talking about real estate, even though some of it may go over my head. I like hearing about um, wholesale real estate and um, yeah. buy and hold and uh, all of these things. I'm also in the stock market. I mean, I got a Robinhood account. I got a Webull account. I'm mm-hmm. in the crypto a little bit, but I don't even count that because it's not um, a consistent monthly cash flow sure. that I can count on. It's just kind of sitting there. It's so. like a It's like a sexy bank account. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, like I know for instance, my stash, um, it'd be times where I'm just like I'm tied up. Like I got like, you know, thirty, forty thousand tied up mm-hmm. in inventory. I can borrow from my stash. Not necessarily borrow, but I might pull five thousand now just to make sure I'm good. Okay. And I might look and say, Well shit, I'm at a seven thousand dollar profit based on this little these stocks I'm pulling from. So okay. it's always better than just a bank account, man. But um all right, so before we close out, man, tell these people where, you, where they can find you, man. Okay, so you can find me on most platforms at Shoe Solution Six. I'm on Instagram the most. Uh, I'm also on TikTok. I'm on Facebook. Um, I just started an account on um, Fanbase, which I think is uh, a black-owned company that my um, coach had mentioned, David Shan. So I got on Fanbase recently. Oh yeah, that's I how think- we met, man. Yeah, David Shan, man. Shout out to Big Dave. Yeah, Sleep for Suckers. So those are all the platforms. I think I um, mentioned them. All. I'm also on Twitter. Sometimes I use my Twitter account just for content on Instagram. So mm-hmm. you can catch me there at Shoe Solution 6. So this has been another episode of Multiple Streams by Any Means. And remember, good things goes to those that hustle.